down to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Jojo G, success coach and multi-passionate creative. If your goal is to create a business and life from your passions, plural, this show is for you. Join me every week to learn the mindset shifts, business strategies and creative habits that empower you to fulfill your calling, master your mindset and blast through the limiting beliefs that keep you stuck and broke so you can build a thriving business from your passions and enjoy more freedom and abundance in your life. Remember, the world needs all your gifts, not just one. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Treasures Within podcast. Today I'm joined by my friend Charisse O'Neill, one of the most creative people I know. She's a fantastic web, graphic and interior designer with a background in engineering and a big passion for service and seeing others thrive. Today, Charisse combines her passions for design, engineering, and storytelling into a Squarespace design studio to help entrepreneurs create an authentic online presence that connects with the people they love to work with and converts them into paying clients. In this interview, Charisse shares how she decided to merge all her passions together after years of trying to pursue them separately, a top tips for mother passionates who want to create a stunning website that showcases all of who they are without confusing the clients, a strategy for deciding what project or passion to focus on in her business at any given time, and lots more. This interview is very juicy, so let's dive in straight away. Welcome, Sharice. It's so good to have you here. Hi, Georgia. I am so excited to be here with you and your amazing audience. Um, I know that I'm here in good company with my fellow multi-passionates, so I'm really excited. Thank you. Yeah, and you have such an amazing story. Uh, Why don't you start telling people how you became a web designer and how you found your calling? Yeah, so yeah, thank you so much. I um, I've always been a creative person. Um, Even when I was younger, I was always gifted in sketching and drawing and always getting into arts and crafts projects. So by the time I made it up to high school, I made sure I took every single art class that I could. But once I got older, um, my teachers kind of also saw that I was good in math and science. So this kind of begins the story of me discovering that I was multi-passionate. So once my teachers kind of said, hey, you're good at math and science, why don't you look into engineering? So I was like, okay, engineering lets me use my left brain and right brain. I get to be creative, but also get to use my math and science skills, which I also was into. So by the time I graduated from high school, I went on to study industrial engineering at Georgia Tech. Um, And I love being able to be technical and use my, um, you know, strategy and math and science side. But as I progressed through my schooling, I realized that I was missing the creative side of who I was. So that set me on a path to researching different types of art and design and ways that I could be creative and get that um, 
fulfillment that I had been missing. So uh, around my fourth or so year of college, I joined different art courses and art clubs, um, you know, to get, I guess, see what was out there and what opportunity that I could make with having and this engineering degree I was about to have and how could I incorporate the creativity, creative side back into my life. Um, a turn of events happened when I went to graduate. We actually were going through a recession here in the US and it was 2009. And so by time it was, you know, graduation came, I had no job opportunities. I had no prospects. Every connection I had made with every recruiter told me, no, we are not hiring. Um, and that left me devastated because I spent my whole career, you know, studying this math and science and, you know, becoming this great engineer and no one was hiring. So in the back of my mind, kind of had this feeling, okay, Sharice, this is your opportunity to really dive into this creative side um, that you've been kind of discovering on the side while you were studying, you know, engineering. So I took that opportunity um, and did more research into uh, fashion design, um, architecture, interior design, graphic design. Um, I learned all that I could that on my own. And I eventually um, wanted to kind of get some experience in the area. So I linked up with a entrepreneur um, and she's also multi-passionate. She owned fashion boutiques. So I said, okay, this will get me give me a little experience in the fashion industry, also experience with running a boutique and maybe I could learn something about operations. So once I got started with her, I learned you know, the behind the scenes of running a boutique, but she also was a um, entrepreneur and a coach. So she eventually helped coach me into starting my own business. She's the one who kind of discovered that you're good at graphics. You're good at using um, computers to create graphics. She asked me, can you create a website? So I went on Google <laughs> and I researched how to create WordPress websites. And I ended up creating my first website, a lot of late nights, a lot of um, you know hard work and tears, but I eventually taught myself how to use Photoshop, how to create websites on WordPress, um, how to use these different softwares um, to bring my creative ideas to life. And it helped that I was also good at the technical side, the math and the science of learning these different softwares. So combining those two, I started to think, wow, I'm kind of onto something. Like I really like doing this. And so she said, hey, if you can create graphics and websites, why don't you consider doing this as a business? So she coached me into starting my first business, um, web and graphic design for uh, other small businesses and entrepreneurs. And so uh, that was about 2010. Um, but because I had, um, I guess, gone so, gone so hard at trying to start this business, I ended up hitting a lot of roadblocks mentally. And that led me to burning out um, at the end of that year. Um, so I had to walk away from it. I had to walk away from my clients. I had to walk away from, um, you know, the different projects I was working on. And about a year later, I decided to move to DC, um, to Washington, DC. 
and I went on to study uh, interior architecture and design from there. I, I wanted to keep my love for design going, but to do it on a grander scale. And I'll say that that opportunity really opened up my eyes to what is available on a large scale as far as using my design skills and my creative gifts. And that really set me on to this path that, you know, creativity and design, if it's in you, it can be translated into a multitude of scales. It can be small fonts on your phone to large multi-million dollar institutions and campuses worldwide. So I, I learned a lot from, you know, the journey between graduating from college and um, going on to get my master's degree. And now today, um, I've realized that what's really important for me in using my skills and my talents is the people. It's the stories behind the graphics and the designs that really matter to me. So that's led me to where I am today to serving clients through graphics and web design. Oh, that is an amazing story. And it really speaks to the dilemma that multi-passions face when they have these creative abilities and inclinations and at the same time, that's not valid in society. We are pushed towards doing something more techy or scientific because mm -hmm. that's where the jobs are. And it's not the case. And yet, if that hadn't happened, you may not have realized that you know, it's that mix that really makes you thrive. So I really want to emphasize the point that it is okay to follow different passions, not make the decision based on uh, what will lead me to a job or what could make me the most money, but really just how to follow all your interests and incorporate them into one piece of which you have done beautifully. Yes, absolutely. That, and it took me a long time to realize that, that I don't have to silo my creative interest and my technical, you know, seemingly society imposing money-making interest and that I can use both of those to create a life that's fulfilling. Um, and for a long time, I thought those had to be separate, that I had to be creative as a hobby behind the scenes and not tell anyone and to, you know, use my technical gifts and skills as my forefront, as the basis of who I am. And it's freeing to know that I can merge all of who I am and create a, a career that I love. Yeah, and I think it's also freeing when you actually own who you are and you start calling yourself, yes, I am a designer. Yes, yes. I am a creative. So what happened for you when you started doing that, starting owning that? Wow, Georgia. That was, you hit the nail on the head. It took me a really long time to just be able to gather the courage to say, I'm a designer. When I was in high school, you know, you, you're praised for having the technical skills, for being good at, you know, the math and the science and the engineering. And so as a, as a teenager, I began to, and also a perfectionist, teenager, I began to take pride in, wow, I'm good technically. I'm, I'm a good, you know, at math and science. That became who I was and my identity. When I left high school, 
like, oh, you're going to Georgia Tech, one of the top engineering schools in the world. Oh my gosh, that's so wonderful. You know, I went on to study at Georgia Tech and get my degree and it, it became who I was. And so beneath that was my creativity still calling and gnawing at me and fighting to get out. But to the outside world, it was the word engineer that I wore as a badge on my chest. And for the longest, I did not tell anyone I was, you know, interested in creating, pursuing a creative career. Um, I kept it to myself a lot. And even when I started my first business, I kind of slowly told people, I kind of slowly, you know, rolled out the idea that, hey, I'm not studying, I'm not, you know, working in my engineering degree. I'm pursuing this creative career. And, you know, a lot of people didn't care, you know, and I, I thought people would. And um, that it took a long time for me to have the courage to be able to own that I'm a designer, I'm a creative, and this is what I want to pursue for my life. Wow, and we are all so glad you did that. And uh, I want to go back to something that you said before about you already had this uh, a business the first time, and I mean you started the, started the business. Uh, uh once and then you went you were burned out because i i get it like when you start the business it's you do all the things right and you still don't know where to focus your effort so it's so easy to just say yes to all the things uh, and mm -hmm. not get any rest because you're afraid like i think of the client and what if your money runs out and you work 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 and then you don't work anymore and so you have to take a break so when you decided to go back to it did you did that experience uh, like scare you or did you learn something from it that you said no this time I'm going to do things differently you know what it did it did scare me it did because I I didn't want to do things the same way again Um, I wanted to be able to take care of myself, um, take care of my, um, my health and um, do it in a way that was sustainable. So when I restarted, I actually um, took clients part-time doing websites and graphics on the side while I, I worked for a year when I moved up to DC. And then I went back to school um, to pursue a master's in interior architecture and design. And I still kept my clients kind of rolling in the background um, when I could and when I had time, I did projects on my own terms uh, with clients that I chose to work with just to kind of keep my feet in the entrepreneurial pool because I knew I wanted to eventually go back to working uh, full time for myself, uh, having my own business. So I kind of did it slowly for many years until um, the time was right. Yeah, I think it's important lessons whether you don't have to just go all in and kill yourself. It is okay to mm -hmm. start things slowly on the side until you are ready to do the to make the jump. So how did you know or when did you know that you were ready to take the leap? Oh my gosh, Georgia. I did not know I was ready <laughs> to take the leap. <laughs> you know, to be a hundred percent honest. I was still working um, up through to the pandemic. And so when the pandemic hit, um, of course I was working in interior architecture and um, 
design industry. And when the shutdown started to happen, I, um, I, I did as much as I could with my team I was working with to work from home. Um, but ultimately in interior design, you kind of have to be in the office and you have to have people in the office to do your job effectively. <laughs> yes. So I was actually laid off from that position midway through 2020. And I just felt it in my heart that this was the time. This is the time to pursue your dream. There's no other, you know, nothing bigger could have happened to where this is like a major sign do what you love, follow your passion. Because to be honest, I wasn't 100% happy in the position that I was. I, I still felt like something was missing. And I believe it was just the creative freedom and the ability to work one-on-one in a more um, you know, personal way with clients. I had been working with mainly corporate clients and larger corporations, um, and it's very impersonal. Um, so I knew that when I did start my business back up, you know, I wanted to have that one-on-one um, focus with clients and small businesses and entrepreneurs who are also pursuing their passions and to be able to serve people in that kind of way. So I would say that starting this business back up full-time, um, it, it kind of came to me. I, I did not know I was ready, but when I knew it was time, it was time. Yeah, sometimes, you know, the, our biggest challenge is that this moment of challenge is actually become, the, they are blessings in disguise because it's like the universe telling you, yeah, it's time, even though you don't feel ready, it's time. Mm -hmm. And the important thing is to answer the calling, which you did. Uh, now I want to shift gears a little and there are so many multi-passionates out there that are really struggling with building their website because they feel like, should I have a different website for every project? Mm. Can I just have one website where I incorporate all of my interests? So what do you, what would you recommend to multi-passionates that is about to build their website? Yes. So you hit the nail on the head. As multi-passionates, we have so many different things that we are drawn to and that we're skilled at and that we want to shout out to the world. Um, <laughs> but yes, when it comes to your website, you know, I have a few uh, tips that I have for multi-passionates. And I would say for first of all, you want to have a goal or intention for your website. So your website is a part of your entire marketing and entire brand strategy. So specifically for your, for your website, you want to have a, a goal for it and you want to have an intention for it. Um, what do you want people to do when they come to your site? Um, do you want to showcase who you are as a whole and your personality? Or is it a place where you want to be specific about the different services and offerings that you have? So next, I also recommend that multi-passionates have a clear brand. And as far as it, it goes with being multi-passionate, um, when you get ready to create your brand, you want to find one underlying theme that connects all of the pieces of your different passions. So for example, maybe you love um, dog walking, maybe you love you know, cooking healthy smoothies in the morning, maybe you love, you know, 
different activities that are outdoors in nature. So maybe there's an underlying nature or natural or health theme that you can create a brand around. Um, you know, for me, my brand is focused on telling authentic stories. It's about helping people showcase who they are through graphics, web design. Maybe in the future, I can incorporate different other types of design that I'm also passionate about. But that theme focuses on my client and telling their stories. So once you have a goal and intention, and once you know your story, uh, once you know your, your brand and the story around your brand, you want to know who it is that you're focusing on. Who is that audience that you are trying to talk to? Because, you know, one thing about multi-passionates, we have different people who may be at different stages, who may be in different you know, walks of their life, but who is that one person or that one type of person that you're really passionate about and how can you serve them well through your gifts and your passions? Um, but a little further beyond that, you wanna be able to prioritize what services you're offering on your website. So as much as we want to put all of our services and all of our offerings on our website, I recommend that multi-passionates start with just a few, maybe two or three specific services that all fall under that one theme. So what is that one connecting theme and what are those two to three services that you are gonna help people with? And also it depends on if you are a multi-passionate who is starting out or if you're someone who's a little bit further along in your career. Because if you're just starting out, you want to make your website simple for your audience. And we can do that by making sure we have that clear brand, that we have that specific target, and those two to three clear offerings that we have for the people that are coming to our website. Now, if you are more established in your brand and you've been in business a longer time, you may have an established audience that you're already talking to. So if you want to go through a pivot or if you want to add on different services or do something a little different, you'll still have that core audience who will be there right by your side no matter what you do. You'll have that, that base who loves you if you decide to add something or take something away or you know, change something about your business. And the last thing that I would say for multi-passionates is that you want to lead your imagery and your copy on your website, lead with personality and emotion, because it's really gonna be your personality that connects with people. And so if they love who you are, then it will be easy for you to, you know, get them to buy in and join in on your services and your offerings and, and what way you're, you're presenting your gifts and your passions to the world. Oh, this is such amazing advice. And I so agree with finding that common theme because I think too often we want the passionate to get lost in all the things that we like mm -hmm. that we don't even see that it's so connected. There is often a purpose, a theme, a why, that why yes. we are drawn to, like, why does our business exist? Yes. And when you communicate with that and you live with your mission and your personality, that is when you are going to attract the right clients. And mm -hmm. I also loved what you said about your office and I want to point out uh, as well that I agree with, with keeping um, fewer offers on your website and just making it simple for your client and at the same time I want 
what the passion is to know that if when you get on the, when you get on the call with the client, if you want to offer something else, you can, but you don't right. need to put anything and everything on your website. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. I am more of the school of thought to, you know, keep a little bit for yourself, keep a little bit hidden, you know, don't give all the goodies out all at once, especially if it's going to be distracting and confusing for your, for your audience, because the goal of your website is to make things as simple as possible and have that, that core belief be the showcase of your website so people can attach or, or buy into what it is that you're offering and who you are. And I love that what you said, you know, when you get on the call, when you go a little deeper with your clients, then you can get into a personal relationship and connect with them on all these other areas that you are also passionate about. And, and that those are good conversation starters. And, you know, there's always room to kind of throw those little nuances of you out in your marketing and in, you know, when you do talks or talk to different people. But I really believe when it comes to the website specifically, you want to make the experience as enjoyable and as easy as possible for your clients. Yes, absolutely. Because when you, a confused mind always says no, right? So have that, you know, that simplicity, communicate the theme, the personality to attract people. And then once they are hooked, you can expand and share more of who you are. Absolutely. When creating a website, there's this tendency to focus all on design and making it pretty and beautiful. And I am the first one who loves a beautiful website. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that just because it's beautiful, it's going to convert into clients and sales. So what other elements should we focus on? What is a must-have for a, for a website that converts clients? Yes, absolutely. And I love combining the strategy and the technical side of sites with the aesthetic and the design side, that is absolutely where I live and what I love to do. So I would suggest starting with a very clear um, navigation bar at the top of your website. Um, Make sure you have very clear different um, sites and pages that people can go to to find exactly what it is they're looking for. Because again, you don't wanna confuse your clients and your audience. You wanna make things as simple as possible. And going throughout the page, you want to be able to tell your story and have your information laid out in a way that is cohesive, that it makes sense. Maybe it's starting from, you know, at the very beginning, you want to have that statement of who you are and what you do, your specific tagline. You want to move into what you're offering, what are your services, who you are. And then you want to also include, you want to include, um, different ways people can connect with you or even free resources that you have that people can begin to get a teaser of who you are and what you have to offer. And my biggest tip for conversion on websites, you want to have a very clear and direct call to action on your website. I recommend it being at the towards the bottom of each of your pages. And I I do recommend each page have a clear call to action because you want people to know when it comes to the bottom, exactly where do I go next and what do I do? And I and people may be a little bashful and shy and, and being very specific about, you know, hey, come book a call with me. Hey, buy this thing or connect with me in this way. But when it comes to your website and design, you get to control 
exactly how you want people to react and what step you want them to take. So at the bottom of the page, you want to have a very clear, bold button and pretty sizable text that says, hey, click here for the next step that may be chatting with me, go to my contact page, go to my free offer to sign up on my email newsletter list, whatever it may be, you want it to be bold, you want it to be clear. Oh, that is great advice. And are there any other common mistakes that people make when designing their own websites? Oh, let's see. Common mistakes, I would say one is that the story is not cohesive that the information is piecemealed and it, it doesn't really come together and make sense. Uh, that's one mistake I, say, I see. Um, and with that, um, I also see that people can be unclear in their messaging, um, in their tone and the way that they are speaking to their audience and their copy. Um, and another one that I see that's common is packing in too much information on your website. Like you're really, your website, it, it needs to be easy and clear and enjoyable. And when I see people who may have um, information packed in too close and the eye gets cluttered, you know, your eye can't really decide what it is I'm looking at. And there's a lot of images and a lot of moving things and a, just a lot going on that can distract from the essence of the goal and what you're trying to do. So that those are probably my top uh, mistakes that I see out now. Yeah, I can certainly with that. I've seen websites like that and this really make you want to come back. So right. <laughs> it's good to know. And except for anyone who has never worked with a web designer before, but they would love to, but see, they are not sure how they all think, how it works. So can you share more about your, pro your process? What is it like working with you? Yeah, you know, and I, I get that, I get a lot of first time people who have not worked with the designer before. And I promise you, it is a painless experience. It's easy and it's actually very fun because it's a time for you to be able to create, you get to create the experience for your customer and for your clients. And you can create it from scratch, you know, something new that really speaks to who you are and what you have to offer. So when we start out, um, we'll do a one-on-one -on -one call to uh, just understand who you are, what your project's about, um, what your services you're offering, um, how you serve your clients, you know, and just more about you. And then once we move into the projects, um, there will be um, different questionnaires and um, meetings and strategy calls to where we get into the nuts and bolts of the groundwork of your brand. So I start with understanding brand strategy and that gets into um, your brand message, your tone and your voice. Um, who are you? What is your story? What story do you have to tell? And how do you want your clients to connect with you? So once we understand the foundational basis of your brand, then we go into the aesthetics. What are the colors and the fonts that communicate to that brand story that we've already discovered? So all of the things that are aesthetically created always tie back to the foundation of the brand. What is the, the message and that clear 
theme again that you want to connect your audience with. So once we have all of the foundational pieces taken care of, we move into designing. And that's when we hit the ground running with creating any logos, uh, collateral, um, any, um, you know, if that's images or, you know, physical pieces of collateral for the project, that's when we'll also create the website. Um, we'll dive right in and communicate your story and that brand again through the layout of your copy, the layout of your images, the fonts we use. You know, I get even down, get down to even the size of the fonts um, communicate a different message to your clients. Um, maybe you have a large bolded font for quotes that you want clients to stop and pause and really think about. Then you move into another section where the text is a little bit smaller. You know, we create that cadence and that voice uh, throughout your website using the copy and the text and the images. So we'll get into the technicals of all your website. Um, and then after that, you are ready to launch. You have all your collateral done, your website done, and we can put it out to the world and show everybody what we created. Wow, that is, sounds really easy and really fun and certainly much easier than trying to figure everything out on your own. Yes. <laughs> Even just, no, if you, especially if you're uncertain about what your brand story is mm -hmm. and how to communicate that to have someone that can guide you through it and make sure that you are communicating exactly what your audience needs to hear is, is really valuable. Yes, yes. And I am a big proponent of creating that foundational story before you even touch a color or a font or even one click of the website, <laughs> you have to have an intention and a goal and a strategy for your brand and the message that you're trying to communicate with your audience. Absolutely. And another struggle that multi-passionates have is how to decide which project focus on. So how do you decide that in your business? Ooh. You know what, what I have done is for my business, I've simplified my life in a way that I know what kind of projects and clients that I want to work with now specifically. And that focus keeps me sane. <laughs> so now my focus is um, web design for coaches, consultants, speakers, and authors. And I absolutely love working with entrepreneurs and those types of entrepreneurs who offer those types of services. And I may have a passion for creating e-commerce and fashion websites, but right now I'm focusing on this one specific lane um, just because it makes my life a lot simpler. And because that is, you know, where I want to serve clients the most right now. Oh, I love that to focus on right now and focusing on what is really serving you and making you happy right now, knowing mm -hmm. that in the future it may change, like you're not yes. closing the door forever, but just to prioritize where really your heart is right now. Yes, and that was a big lesson I've had to learn over the years because I love, again, I love all types of design. So when I decided to you know, restart my business last year, I learned that I needed to 
not necessarily niche down because again that word is you know as a multi-passionate that word can kind of make you cringe yes (laughs) paralyzing yes i you know and so i'm not necessarily niching down but i'm getting specific about like you said what feels good right now for me and i i you know, took time out to say, hey, okay, I don't want to offer these types of websites right now. I don't want to offer this type of service right now because my capacity and my my passion is right here in this very specific lane. So how can I focus and get good at this lane right now? That feels good to me. And like you said, I've left my business open-ended to be able to add different types of websites, add different types of designs and different types of clients in the future. But right now I wanna get really good at where I'm at right now with focusing on um, different coaching and consulting clients. Yes, I think it's there's a lot of value in knowing exactly at which stage you are. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. knowing both what you're passionate about and what your capacity is and that you can best use your talents in this moment. When you go in with what is truly in your heart, then it's going to take you to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You don't have to do everything in this very moment. Yes, absolutely. And I have learned that lesson. <laughs> the more I focus and the more I make my life simpler, the more energy and the more I can use my passions uh, in a very specific way. And it, it helps me um, to stay sane. It helps me to stay focused. And yeah, so I'm, I'm running with that lesson right now. And that, that is how I've been running my business. Yeah, and talking about lessons, in, in the last three years, what habit or belief has improved your life the most? Oh, this is a good one. You know, I would say in the last three years, I have been doing a lot of work on um, tackling negative thoughts and a negative mindset. You know, it's so easy to get accustomed to that little voice that, you know, may just say this one little negative remark or that one negative thing and let it spiral into full-blown anxiety and perfectionism and these different things that can manifest in paralyzing ways in your life. So I have really been working on reframing those thoughts. So now I have um, different ways that I can stop myself and say, hey, you know, is this thought true? Is it not? You know, and that goes for any area of my life, but specifically for design in my business. I had to realize that I have unique gifts and I have a lot to offer to the world, that my unique gifts are valuable. Another one that thought that I have um, begin to, you know, say to myself and ingrain in my head is that I have worth. I know my worth now. I know the worth that I bring to the world. I know the value that I bring through my unique gifts and my talents. And another focus that I, um, keep in my mind is knowing that I am safe. I am safe to be all of who I am, that I can show up as a designer, as a creator, as a technical person, as an engineer, and I'm safe to be whoever I choose to express myself and however I choose to express myself. And um, as far as habits, I make it a point every day to do something creative. And if I don't have time to sit down and sketch, which is usually my go-to, 
I'll find ways to be creative around the house. If maybe I'm folding laundry and I find a new creative way to fold my, you know, the sheets and stack them in a way or color code things throughout the house, just something that's fun and quick and creative that just lets my brain um, flow, you know, in a way that feels natural for me. Um, and also another habit that I, I've had to learn or a lesson I've had to learn is to be consistent and to be committed to what I'm doing. And as far as, you know, being a multi-passionate, you know, I get so excited and have shiny object, object syndrome about many things. And I'm very, you know, prone to being scattered and, you know, wanting to try and have a hand in all these different things. But I've learned that when I'm consistent and when I'm committed to whatever is, you know, my focus for right now and whatever I'm passionate about right now, then that's when I start to see results. And that's when I start to see, you know, my energy rise because I'm making focused effort in a way that is fulfilling for me. Instead of scattering my effort and draining my energy in different ways that may not be productive for me at the moment. So making sure that I'm focused and using my time in a focused way, um, that's been very, very helpful. Yes, that is a huge lesson for every multi-passionate and one that I too had to learn the hard way because we have this mindset that if you commit to something, you see not to everything else. Mm-hmm. But what I found is that Again, when you focus on one or two things, because again, as with a passion, sometimes I, I, I prefer to have like two projects at the same time. But when I focus only on those two projects and I really mm-hmm. see results on those, then again, that's when the next thing appears. And when I actually get to do more of the things I love instead of doing less. Yes, I absolutely agree. That That has been... Oh, that's been how I've been working now. And it's made my life so much easier to focus on, like you said, just one or two things. And what I've done is, you know, maybe during the week, I'll have four days where I'm working on my business. And then maybe I have that one day or half a day where it's like creative time for me. And I get to either use that time to test something out, research something, be creative, be fun, you know, do something else that I want to do or to work on that other project that I may be focusing on right now. But I, I'm also that person. I keep a notebook of ideas and I just write, when they come to me, I just write them down and have a place for them. And I'll look at them every once in a while. I'll look at them and just see, is there anything on that list that is calling me or, you know, exciting me at the moment? Or is there anything on that list I want to take off? So I always keep the door open <laughs> to other ideas. Yes, I love that because as, as we know, we have so many ideas, but at the time, the ideas don't excite you after one week or one month. So mm-hmm. it's good to actually have them there, knowing that you can go back to them, but also to know that you can let them go if they don't excite you, knowing that you didn't take time away from those one or two things that you are really meant to be doing right now. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of years of ideas and things that I wanted to do. And, and I thought about, but like you said, there's, I feel like there's always a time and a season for various ideas. Um, 
For example, I used to be very into fashion styling and now I, I still love it, but it's in my notebook right now. I'm not doing it in a way that's bringing me money, but maybe, you know, I'll go through my closet and, you know, pick out something and put something together just for fun or, you know, go shopping just for fun. But it's in that notebook. And if I ever want to come back to it, I can because it is still a part of me. It's something that I love. And I have multiple of those, multiple ideas of just things that I've tried or I've loved over the years that may not be right at this time. So I keep a notebook of multiple ideas that I've had over the years that I can always come back to, but may not be right for this moment right now. Uh, and I love that. I love what you said. Uh, even though you're not pursuing them professionally, you're not making money from them, they're still part of your life. They're still a creative outlet. They're still part of your personality. Like you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to monetize everything this very moment. You still can enjoy it in your free time, and that removes the pressure again to say, "Oh, this is just a creative outlet. I, I, I have fun with this." And at the same time, I know that I'm actually focusing my efforts on what truly makes me happy this time, and where I can make the biggest impact right now. Yes, I absolutely agree. And for me, I think there is a fine balance. And like you said, I, I usually have that one thing that I'm focusing on for money making. And then I usually have a hobby that may be a side hustle and may bring in some money. And then I usually have a like a third or fourth hobby that's like just purely fun, just purely just for me because I just love doing it. And so I've noticed for myself over the years, you know, at one point it was interior design. That's what I was doing full time to bring in the income. That was my career. Now it has shifted to where graphic and web design is now my full-time money-making pursuit. And, you know, the fashion and the interior design is something that I love to do on the side and maybe when the opportunity arises. But yeah, I, I love that, you know, as multi-passionates, we can decide where we want to focus our full-time efforts and where we want to just have a creative hobby that is just fun for us. Absolutely. I think we often forget that we always get to be the one in charge and we decide how to design our own life and our own yeah. career. And on that note, what's one way that multi-passionates can start building a business and life around their passions? So yes, one way multi-passionates can start building a business and life around their passions is, I would say, start to understand what is that one theme that connects everything you're passionate about. It may be that you are passionate about working with people. It may be you're passionate about nature or health or um, families, children. What is that one thing that connects each and every one of your passions? And then you can see from there, how can you combine your passions under that theme and let that theme become your brand and what you're known for. And that will kind of simplify your messaging. Uh, when you put yourself out to the world, it's going to be that theme that people can really buy into and connect with you on. And that can be the start of a beautiful brand that helps you to grow and flourish in each of the areas that you're passionate about. Well, I couldn't agree more with that. And 
I truly believe that the reason we are given all these passions and all these interests is because we are meant to combine them so that we can do the work that only we can do in the world. And finding the theme really is the key. So this has been wonderful, Charisse. Thank you for giving so much value and advice to anyone listening. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we wrap up? You know, I would just want to keep, um, just put a word of encouragement out to multi-passionates and say, keep going, do not give up. Um, you have, like you said, you have these gifts for a reason and begin writing them down, write down every single idea. And I promise you, there will be a time and space for it. I'll, I would like to give you an example. I was looking back at one of my notebooks from 2016 and I drew out the homepage of what my website is today. And that was back in 2016. And I had that idea and I didn't know when was gonna be the time to use it. Um, I didn't know when I was gonna restart my business full time, um, but it had Tell Your Authentic Story. And it was about bringing graphics and web design to women entrepreneurs and small businesses. And five years later, it was time for it and came to fruition. So I really encourage multi-passionates, write down every single idea that comes up for you because there may be a time for it in the future. Wow, that is amazing. And for anyone who wants to know more about you, know more about your work and that you can collaborate and work together, where can they find you? Yes, so I am on Instagram. And you can find me at Sharice O'Neill. And you can also go to my website and we can connect further there. And that is shariceoneill.com. And that's S-H-A-R-E-C-E-O-N-E-A-L.com. Great. Thank you so much for being here. This has been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much, Georgia. I hope you enjoyed this interview. As always, you can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes at the treasureswithin.net. I also appreciate it if you could share this episode with a friend, give it a rating or a review. It really helps the podcast get found by other multi-passionates who need to hear this message too. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful to all of you for being here and being a part of this community. I wish you a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to talking with you again in the next episode. Bye for now. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at the snail space. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized 
being in strategy hell is a form of sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends, and my partner, they would allow me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and are afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe, deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial allocation and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today.